Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Ship Show. Well, today the Federal Reserve surprised nobody and they raised interest rates by 25 basis points. I think this is the sixth rate hike since the Fed began in December of 2015. The rate is now between 1.5 and 1.75 percent. So the midpoint of that is what, 1.625-ish or something like that. So we're still significantly below 2%, but I guess we're closer to 2% than 1%. And obviously, we're a lot higher than zero, which is where rates stood uh, for most of the time that Obama was president. And now they've been, they've been going up. And you know, as I said on my last podcast, everybody was convinced the Fed was going to raise rates which is probably the reason that they did it, because the Fed doesn't want to upset the apple cart. The Fed does not want to concern anybody. If everything seems to be going well, right, if it ain't fixed, don't break it. And of course, it ain't fixed. The Fed already broke it, but they don't understand that. But they didn't want to toy with the market. In fact, what the market was looking for was an indication of whether the Fed was going to hike three times this year or would they hike four times. And I still don't think they know, although the consensus seems to be that as a result of today's uh, statement and press conference, that we're going to get three rate hikes this year, which means two more, not three more, but it's still not a done deal. But the Fed seems to be even more optimistic about the economy going forward. So the Fed is predicting three more rate hikes in 2019 and then more rate hikes in 2020, right? So the Fed is looking all the way out through 2020 and saying the economy is going to be great and we're going to keep on raising rates and there's nothing to worry about. In fact, the Fed seemed more optimistic about the U.S. economy now than maybe they were in the past, which to me is all politics, right? That uh, Powell is up there trying to talk up the U.S. economy because that's exactly what his boss, right, Donald Trump, wants him to say 
And so he's being a team player. In fact, one of the funnier parts, I guess, of the, the statement that he made, this is the prepared statement, not even the Q&A, is that Powell said that the outlook for growth has been improving in recent weeks. Recent weeks. How is he saying that the outlook for growth has been improving when it's been the opposite? Right, Six weeks ago, the Atlanta Fed was at 5.4 for Q1 GDP. They're now down at 1.8. So those are the same weeks where Powell is saying that the economic outlook has been improving. How is it improving when you have a collapse from expecting 5.4 to expecting 1.8? And it's not just the Atlanta Fed. All the investment banks, everybody that forecasts U.S. GDP growth has notched it down, has ratcheted down their forecast significantly in the very weeks where Powell is now saying the outlook has improved. So what is he talking about? This seems like it's all nonsense. He just wants to talk about how good the economy is because he wants everybody to believe the economy is good. He's trying to use open mouth operations to talk up the economy and talk about how good it is and how much confidence the Federal Reserve has in the economy, which again is, I think, the principal reason that they continue to raise rates is because they want to pretend that they're still confident. Now, maybe they're not pretending. Maybe these idiots are actually confident, but you'll never know. You'll never know whether they're uh, just being foolish or if they're lying, because regardless, they're going to say the same thing, right? It doesn't matter what they think. They're going to talk about how great the economy is, regardless of whether or not they believe it, uh, because they want to have a positive impact on the psychology. But I think one of the or the most interesting aspects of this was the Q&A, which was actually cut pretty short. I mean, he didn't take that many questions. He cut it off pretty abruptly. But he took one from Steve Leisman, right, the senior economist from CNBC. And uh, Steve uh, pointed out the fact that uh, the Fed has increased its uh, outlook for growth, right? It now thinks the economy is going to be stronger than it did in the past. It now thinks unemployment is going to be even lower than it did before. Yet it thinks inflation is going to be lower, right? So they, they think inflation is going to come down a little bit, but they think growth is going to come up and they think unemployment is going to come down. Now, personally, I think they're going to go 0 for 3 on this forecast. I don't think they could be more wrong. I think they've got every direction backwards. I think growth is going to slow from what they believe. And I think both unemployment and inflation are going to rise. But Steve Leisman asked uh, Powell uh, to uh, clarify or justify how he squares that. Like, how, did, how is it that he thinks growth is going to pick up, unemployment is going to fall, yet we're not going to see it pick up in inflation? Because remember, the Fed, they all believe in this Phyllis curve. They all believe that growth causes inflation. They believe that low unemployment causes inflation. So here you have the Fed thinking growth is going to go up, unemployment is going to go down, but it's not going to have an impact on inflation. And this is what Powell said in response. He said, well, you know, the unemployment rate came down from 10% down to 4% without any pickup in inflation. Therefore, why should we expect inflation to pick up in the future when it didn't pick up in the past? I mean, that's it. That's his whole justification for this benign outlook on inflation. Meanwhile, he ignores all the differences between now and back then. Because as unemployment was coming down back then, the dollar was going up. We had this huge rally in the dollar 
We also had a big collapse of commodity prices. Oil prices came way down. So that was helping to contain inflation. Even as the unemployment rate was falling, you had this downward pressure from commodity prices and from a rising dollar. And part of that was the shrinking budget deficits that also created confidence uh, that the U.S. economy was going to rebound, that the dollar was going to be strong. And so all of this helped to keep the inflationary forces at bay. None of that is true today. Everything is the opposite. In fact, one of the ironies of today was oil was almost up $2 a barrel uh, at the highs. We closed very close to the high on oil. Oil closed at $65.45, up at $1.91. We were above $65.50. The oil chart looks awesome. I mean, if you're long oil, which, which I am, and I mean, I think it's going to be above 80 by the time the voters drive to the polls in November, which is probably going to put them in a bad mood. Uh, but inflation is accelerating. And it's not just oil prices that are now in a bull market as opposed to a bear market. But look at the dollar. I mean, the dollar got whacked pretty hard today across the board. Dollar index down about 0.6. In fact, the dollar was down before the Fed hiked, and it went down more after they hiked. So the dollar looks weak. Commodities are strong. And it looks to me like there's a lot of upward pressure on inflation that the Fed is ignoring. And also look at the massive increase in the budget deficits and the trade deficits. We had declining deficits during a lot of that time period where inflation was held at bay. But now we have accelerating budget deficits and trade deficits. So the Fed is completely wrong to be so sanguine about inflation simply because we didn't have it in the past to just conclude that we're not going to have it in the future. I guess they never heard about that, you know, that saying, you know, past performance is no guarantee of future success, right? Just because they had some success in the past doesn't mean they're going to have it in the future. And in fact, they got lucky, right? Circumstances worked in their favor and that kept inflation in check. Well, the luck has run out. It's not going to happen again. And so Powell was completely wrong. But I thought one of the one of the funniest uh, answers, one of the uh, uh, questioners, and I forget who it was. I think she was a French lady because I think I remember the question being asked with an accent. Uh, but she was asking whether or not he was worried now about interest rates because they're the highest they've been in 10 years. Right. Are you worried that this is going to have any kind of adverse impact? You know, what about the housing market? Right. Rates are going up. What about, you know, the prime rate is going up. You know, aren't you worried? And of course, he should be scared shitless, right? I mean, about this. And um, his response was, no, he's not worried about it because, you know, yes, rates are higher and they're the highest they've been in 10 years. But he said, we have the, the greatest economy that we've had in 10 years, right? So it's no problem. We have the strongest economy in 10 years, so we have the highest rates. Does he not realize or remember what happened 10 years ago? 10 years ago, it was March 2008, right? We were just a few months away from the financial crisis. In fact, we were already in recession 10 years ago. The Fed just didn't know it, right? Nobody knew it. I mean, I was on television proclaiming it, but nobody believed me. But if we have the strongest economy we had in 10 years, you know, why would you take comfort in that? Because 10 years ago, everything imploded. And the reason that everything imploded or the catalyst was because we had all this debt and interest rates had been rising. 
And it was the higher rates that we had 10 years ago that were the pin that pricked the bubble and caused everything to implode. Well, the same thing is happening now, except we have even more debt. And so rates don't even have to go as high now as they went in 2008 to prick an even bigger bubble. So, yes, the Fed is just as uh, optimistic as they were 10 years ago. Because remember, 10 years ago, everything was great as far as the Fed was concerned. There was no, no recession anywhere on the horizon, even though we had been in one for over a year. They still didn't realize that one was coming, let alone that we were already in one. So the fact that the Fed is just as confident now as they were before the last crisis should not create any confidence. But how can they not be worried about interest rates being the highest they've been in 10 years when debt is at an all-time high. We have a $21 trillion deficit, national debt, and exploding. We have massive budget deficits that are about to get even more massive, even if you assume the economy is going to keep growing, which it's not. I mean, if it goes into recession, these deficits are going to be 2 to $3 trillion a year. How can the Fed, how can Powell not be worried about that? In fact, another question that was asked to him was about whether or not he was worried or whether it kept him up at night because of the political pressure about rising interest rates and rising mortgage rates. And might there be some pressure from the Trump administration, you know, on the Fed in order to get the Fed to kind of cool off on the rate hikes, given the fact that the elections are coming up? And he basically said, no, 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 I'm not losing any sleep at all over that. We're not going to be political. We're just going to do what we have to do. I mean, maybe that's a true statement. He's not losing sleep over it because he's not worried about being pressured by Trump because he's perfectly willing to do whatever Trump wants, right? It's not something that worries him. It's something that he's looking forward to. He's looking forward to being a team player and helping uh, to orchestrate uh, a a win for the Republicans, which I think is going to be pretty much impossible. Uh, But that's probably why it doesn't keep him up at night. I mean, if this guy knew, had good enough sense to understand all the problems, the guy couldn't sleep at all. He'd be tossing and turning. The fact that he's sleeping like a baby, either it's because he's completely clueless and has no appreciation whatsoever about what's about to happen, or, you know, he knows it and, and you know, it just it doesn't, he doesn't even care. I think it's more uh, the former than the latter. And, you know, I think, I think he's very, very confident. I mean, listening to this guy talk, look, looking at his mannerisms, I mean, he is completely clueless. He has absolutely no idea uh, uh, what's about to happen. But I do believe that as the economic data gets worse and worse, which it's likely to do, and as I said on my last podcast, if the Fed is going to do three rate hikes this year, that means they have a pass in June. They don't have to hike in June, and they can still maintain the pretense of a hike in September and a hike in December. So they, you know, they can pass on June, and I think they probably will, as we get the actual data on Q1 GDP, and then we get a pretty good look at Q2 GDP, and that's going to be coming week. And so all this stuff is going to quickly unravel uh, the Fed. But now let's talk about the market, because it seems like the markets are already beginning uh, to wake up to what the Fed is, is denying and everybody else. First of all, the Dow Jones. The Dow Jones was positive all day today. And in fact, after the Fed's announcement, And even during the press conference, the Dow was up better than 200 points. It sold off at the end of the day and closed near the low of the day. I mean, it was never down dramatically, but we were down 45 points, just under 45 points. The Nasdaq was down just over 19 points. So surrendered its gains. This is very weak. The fact that the stock market couldn't hold its gains, despite all the cheerleading from the Fed about how great everything was, 
how inflation is going to stay low. Remember, the Fed wants to say inflation is going to stay low because remember the bond market? What was spooking the bond market? Inflation, the fear that there might be more inflation. So he tried to put out that fear by confidently claiming that there's no inflation, there's nothing to worry about. Well, bond yields were up anyway. The yield on the 10-year was up a bit, back above 2.9. We closed at 2 spot 907. On the 30-year, we're at 3 spot 129. But, I mean, according to the Fed and their outlook, you know, by 2020, the Fed funds rate is going to be 3% or higher. So why would you why would you be buying a 30-year bond that's yielding 3.1 when you'll be able to get 3% on overnight money in a two years or whatever it's going to be? I mean, to me, bond yields need to go up a lot higher. But the fact that uh, the stock market went down, even though the Fed threw this bone to the bond market, and the bond market didn't rise. The bond market was still lower despite the Fed's optimism uh, that inflation is going to remain in check. But this could set the tone for some more weakness in the stock market. You know, we got other problems going on with the NASDAQ and the FANG stocks and Facebook and all that. Seems like it could be a perfect storm of brewing in an overvalued U.S. stock market. And remember, we just had a bunch of Euro-Pacific long-term clients decide it was the best time to jump into the U.S. stock market. So we have that contrarian indicator of capitulation by the long-term bears who have thrown in the towel and you know jumped on what I believe is a sinking ship. So to me, it seems like all systems are go uh, for U.S. stocks uh, to go down. Meanwhile, look at everything else. Let's start with the dollar because we already talked about the dollar a little bit on the podcast. The dollar closed on the lows of the day, and it was very weak against commodity currencies, Weak against the Canadian dollar, the Australian dollar. Canadian dollar had one of its best days ever. Now, part of that was, I guess, some tensions easing on NAFTA, say, because the peso had a very, very strong day. But also, you know, we had strong commodities across the board today. The Australian dollar up better than 1% on the day. So a very strong day. The dollar appears to be breaking down. Remember I mentioned that it was consolidating the losses where the dollar index went from 104, 105 down to 89, and we were kind of consolidating. Well, you know, now we're, you know, 89, 78. I think we're getting ready for the next leg down, which is going to take the dollar index down to 80. First, we got to get through 88, but then 85, then 80. But I think we're going there this year. And the fact that the dollar was down before and after the Fed hike rates, because remember, rate hikes are supposed to be good for the dollar, right? The Fed being hawkish and optimistic and talking about all these rate hikes for years to come, this is supposed to be good for the dollar. At least that's what all the experts say. And the dollar is sinking anyway. So if the dollar is going down on news that should be making it go up, that really tells you how weak the dollar is. It also tells you that all the people that think that higher interest rates automatically mean the dollar is going up, they have no idea what they're talking about, right? Interest rates are going up because it's riskier to hold the dollar because people don't want the dollar. Right? That's why it's going up. Inflation is, is going up. Higher inflation is bad for the dollar by definition. It means your dollar is losing purchasing power. So the dollar is going down. The flip side of that is gold is going up. Gold had one of its best days of the year today. Maybe it was the best. I don't really recall. We closed up about $21, $22. The highest I saw it was up a little over $25 intraday. But here is the really interesting thing about gold. And I have it closing at about 13.32, up a little over 21 bucks. Gold was up all day this morning. It was up about 10 bucks right out of the gate. And in fact, minutes before the announcement of the quarter point hike, 
gold got up 15 bucks. And, you know, normally you don't see gold rallying before the rate hike, on the morning of the rate hike. Normally gold starts off down, right? Because everybody is like, aha, the Fed's going to hike rates. I want to sell gold. So normally gold starts off down. And then, you know, after the Fed hikes rates, then it rallies, right? Because it's a buy the rumor, sell the fact. Well, this time it didn't work out because the people who sold the rumor tried to buy before the fact. I mean, there's so much buying, they couldn't even wait for the fact. They started to buy before the Fed even hiked. And so what that means is anybody who was hoping to buy that dip in gold, right? If you had sold your gold and you were hoping to buy it back after the rate hike, you were going to buy that dip. You never had that opportunity because there was no dip. Gold was up before the hike and then it made new highs after the hike. So the fact that you had this dynamic of the sell the rumor, but buying before the fact tells me that there's a lot of buying out there and we're running out of sellers and we could have another big move. We got to get above 1350, right? Then we have to get above 1400. I think 1400 is really the psychological uh, barrier where we have to blow through. And then once we get through that, it's Katie bar the door. We're going a lot higher. You know, gold stocks had nice days today. You know, a lot of stocks are up 3 4%, 6%, 7%. Silver stocks very strong, but still not big blowout days. I mean, this, this is nothing compared to what's going to happen if we get through this psychological resistance. Because gold stocks are still way down on the year. Gold, again, is up. I mean, gold is you know, well beating the Dow. The Dow is down this year. Gold's having a nice year. Uh, and it's going to get even better. But still, there's all that pessimism. But today is a window into traders and, and their psychology and how they're thinking. And to me, this is a day that potentially could portend much more buying, much bigger upside. Maybe today will set the tone for the rest of the week, for the rest of the quarter, for the rest of the year. A, a big change that I've been forecasting that we would get this type of a change. And especially if we keep getting more weak economic data, more weak trade data. We got the current account numbers came out yesterday, bigger than expected increase, current account deficit. That's going to continue. Trade deficit is going to continue. I think the economy is going to weaken. Higher prices are going to weaken the economy. Higher gas prices, higher food prices, higher insurance costs, higher taxes for a lot of people. Right? They want to talk about all the people that are getting tax cuts. Well, there's plenty of people that are getting tax hikes. right? And the people that are getting tax cuts, their cost of living is going up. And their cost of living is probably going up faster than the tax hikes. So their real disposable income is going down. Meanwhile, everybody is loaded up with debt. And that debt is now getting a lot more expensive. The cost of interest is going up. People are going to have to spend more money uh, to service their debt. Mortgage rates, if you have an adjustable rate mortgage, that's going to go up. If you have a home equity line of credit, a lot of people have home equity lines. They're going to go up. That money is going to get more expensive. And the double whammy there is that those payments are no longer tax deductible. All right. I mean, that is a big change, right? People used to write off the interest on their home equity. Now those home equity loans are more expensive because rates are going up. And now you can't write off any of it. So this is a big danger. I mean, uh, Powell can be very sanguine about not worrying about anything, you know, not worrying about interest rates being at a 10-year high when debt is at an all-time high. Uh, and believe me, rates are at a 10-year high, and they're still close to rock bottom. I mean, if you look at how low rates still are and think about how much higher they can still go, meanwhile, there's no limit on the debt, right? The debt's going to keep on growing. 
So it's going to be a perfect storm. It's going to be a, a debt crisis. But it's not just going to be a subprime mortgage crisis like the last time. This is going to be a sovereign debt crisis. This is going to be where the U.S. government can't make the payments. Of course, unless the Fed comes in, which I'm sure uh, they're going to do with QE4. And you know, if we go into recession, which I think we will, and the Fed has to do QE4, can you imagine how big it's going to be? The Fed was doing $85 billion a month, QE1 or 2 or 3, whatever that was. Um, but if we're going to have budget deficits to 2 to $3 trillion, which we could easily do if we're in recession, what are they going to do? $250 billion a month of quantitative easing? I mean, could you imagine the size of the next round of QE in order to try to reflate this bubble? I mean, given how low interest rates have been and how long they've been that low and how big the bubbles are this time relative to the tiny bubbles that we had that burst in 2008, and they were tiny by comparison to the, the enormity of the bubbles that exist today. So the markets, to me, today's reaction, the Fed scripted it perfectly. Everything is great. The economy is strong. There's no inflation. Unemployment is going to keep falling. And the stock market went down. The bond market went down. The dollar went down. And gold is the only thing that went up. And that is not the reaction uh, that you would typically get. I mean, you look back at the FOMC rate hikes that we had under Ben Bernanke, and pretty much, you know, the stock market liked it, right? And, and not just the rate hikes, but go back to all the FOMC meetings for years when the Fed didn't hike rates. They just had upbeat statements about the economy, and they chose not to raise rates. See, normally when the Fed was talking, they would talk up the markets, they would talk down gold, they would talk up the, the dollar. None of that's working anymore. The markets are now seeing through the smoke screen, right? He's like uh, the, the, the wizard in The Wizard of Oz, right? They, he's no longer scaring the markets. I mean, he's not this big, all-powerful, all-knower Wizard of Oz. He's just this little man behind the curtain who's, you know, just got some levers that he's trying to pull. But the markets are not getting fooled anymore. And so investors, you better wise up. And as I've been saying, and some of you have been listening to me because we have been getting a lot of clients adding to their account, which is fantastic. We have had a pickup in new accounts, which is also good. I'm finding out a lot of people uh, who are opening up accounts are doing so because they're listening to the podcast. So that is great. That means um, this is working, right? People are starting to see the light. So, you know, don't wait much longer, right? If you're thinking about buying gold, don't let it go much higher. Buy it now. Call up Shift Gold. You know, especially if you got some cryptocurrencies, you know, Shift Gold is one of the first gold companies to work with uh, BitPay to enable you to turn your digital fool's gold into real gold. So, you know, buy some uh, gold or silver, set up your account at, uh, at, at Gold Money, buy some gold there. You know what? Buy yourself. I bought some today. I bought some gold jewelry for, for my wife at Mene, right? So you can kill two birds with one stone. You can buy some jewelry and invest in gold at the same time, right? So go over to Mene.com. Check out the designs. There's some really nice stuff. Uh, I'm going to be, in fact, you know, I think my wife will be wearing some of that stuff on the cruise. I mentioned I probably all sold out by now. The real estate guys cruise. I don't know if you're still interested in that. You want to check it out. It leaves um, April what sixth or so uh, from Fort Lauderdale. We're going to be on a week cruise. We're going to be stopping in Puerto Rico, uh, and we're actually going to stop by my house. Uh, so if you haven't signed up for that real estate guys cruise, you can still go to cruisewithpeter.com if they have any cabins left over at this late date. I know I know several people listening to the podcast have already signed up, so I'm looking forward uh, to uh, to seeing you on that cruise. But important, you know, call up Euro Pacific Capital, get your brokerage account, your your managed account set up. 
get some money into my funds, get some money into my wrap program or they, my separately managed accounts. Get out of these U.S. stock markets, right? This, this thing is done. You can put a fork in it, right? Even if the U.S. stock market goes up, which is a big if, right? It's not going to go up relative to the foreign markets. It's not going to go up relative to gold. The bubble has popped. It's just a question of how long it takes the air to come out. I think the same thing is true of the crypto bubble. That bubble has popped. The air is going to come out. Doesn't mean there's not going to be any rallies along the way. But the trend is now down, and the bigger moves are going to be to the downside until ultimately the bottom drops out. So you got to hedge yourself there, get out of these cryptos, get out of the U.S. stock and bond market, get out of the dollar, and get into quality dividend-paying foreign stocks, commodity stocks. This is just the beginning of a new commodity bull market that's going to see record high prices across the board in industrial metals, agriculture, oil and gas. It's all going up especially in terms of U.S. dollars. Get into some of these emerging markets. They've got a long way to go, especially when their currencies, and I think those emerging market currencies are going to go on a tear. I think they're going to gain ground. And a lot of it is going to be with the U.S. market weakening. See, everybody thinks, oh, you need the U.S. economy growing. No, the opposite. Because when the U.S. economy is not growing, that's when all the money supply starts to grow. That's when the Fed is showering the world with dollars and printing all this money and slashing rates. That's what's going to power this bull market. And it's also going to be the fact that we're not going to have the supply because we've underinvested for not just years, decades in capacity. And all of that's going to form a, a perfect storm when it comes to uh, rising commodity prices. So our accounts are positioned to benefit from that boom, benefit from that bull market, benefit from the bear market uh, in the U.S. dollar. And this new bull market in gold and silver, this is going to be the biggest leg yet. Uh, it's going to be bigger than the one that we had, I think. When gold went from under 300 in 2000 uh, to 1900 in 2011, I mean, this could be an even bigger move than that. Remember the move in the 1970s, or most of you don't remember it, but you can read about it. Gold went from $35 an ounce in 1971 to 850 in 1980. So when you have a monetary problem, when you have a crisis of confidence in the U.S., which is exactly where we're going, people will rush into gold. People will rush into gold stocks before the stampede. Get yourself invested. So, you know, add to your account with Europac. So go to europac.com is my website, you know, E-U-R-O-P-A-C.com. Fill out, you know, an online, say you want to talk to a broker. In fact, you can chat right on the website. You can go on there and sometimes you can get into an instance chat. We have the same feature on the Shift Gold site. But don't wait, right? Just, Just try to move in advance of this wave and then ride it all the way home. I think it's going to be building for years and years. It's going to be a tidal wave. And I think that uh, we're going to surf this thing into some tremendous profits. Unfortunately, uh, this is all bad news for the U.S. economy. It is horribly politically. It couldn't be worse politically for the U.S. uh, Because, you know, I I think that, as I said, the Democrats are going to take this uh, in 2020. Uh, Our best hope is 2024. uh, And hopefully by then we would have all made we would have made a fortune on this strategy. And we'll be in in a good position to maybe help use that money to try to uh, perpetuate or advance the correct political agenda to try to fix uh, what would have been destroyed and to try to actually attempt to make America great again. Because America is going to be as non-great as it's ever been. Right? Trump, is, Trump is convinced that he's already made it great. It's not even close. It's less great now 
than it was when he was elected. The government is the only thing that's greater. The debt is the only thing that's greater. Maybe the amount of ignorance and the amount of false hope is also greater. But all that's going to change uh, as uh, the economy implodes and the markets implode. But we'll have another chance uh, in 2024 to come back with the right message, right? a real message of change and a real message and a real plan to make America great. And hopefully uh, myself and my clients will have enough resources, enough money to help fund the candidates that will really make a difference.